quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her questions via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her responses or use their voice-to-text feature. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. This book becomes a legacy, something your future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I used mylifeinabook.com to compile my own stories to give to my daughters for Mother's Day. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code PEACE at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code PEACE for 10% off today. When our kids are born, we have expectations as to how our family will interact. What we certainly aren't ready for are the struggles we encounter with the people we love the most. We are here for the parent who feels like they've tried it all, for the parent who feels like they have to yell to be heard, for the parent who is tired of timeouts and kids fighting all day. We are here for you. We believe when parents feel supported and heard, they are able to come to parenting more centered. We offer tools to navigate the messiness of life with kids. We are Peace in Parenting. Hey guys, we're back for another episode of the Peace in Parenting podcast. I'm Gemma and I'm here with Michelle. Hi Gemma, how are you? What's going well? I'm doing well and it's sunny outside for maybe like one more week in Oregon. So it's good for right now. Yeah. (laughs) What's going well for you? I've been hiking every day and I'm totally obsessed with hiking. I've been doing like five to seven miles every day. Oh my gosh. Kind of treacherous. And I'm like thinking I'm a badass even though I'm not. (laughs) But I I bought even hiking shoes and I'm like really in it. Oh, you're good to go. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. What are we talking about today? We have another parent question that Michelle received from Instagram. Do you want to read the part that we're going to talk about? Yeah. So this mom has a very social daughter who's four and a half, and she is concerned about some of the social relationships that her daughter's encountering. So she says, one friend, let's call her Lisa, does not like when my daughter plays with anyone but her. If my daughter goes to pet the neighbor's dog or play with someone else, Lisa will start saying things like, I'm a princess. You're not. I'm not never going to be your friend again. Or I don't like you and I don't want to play with you anymore. My daughter is always really confused with these encounters and comes to tell me what's happening. To which I respond, honey, you can play with anyone you want to. It sounds like Lisa likes you so much. She wants you all to herself. Okay, so let's start there. Okay. I think this is super common. We experienced this. I know Pia did in um, second grade. She had a little girl who just wanted to play with her all the time and wouldn't let her play with anybody else and kind of manipulated Pia's time. And I'll tell 
this mom how I dealt with it and how I wanted to deal with it and how I ended up dealing with it because <laughs> uh, what I wanted to do was tell the little girl to leave my daughter alone so she could have a good day every day because she was coming home really upset. So she was coming home really upset and saying she won't let me play with anybody. And what I, the first time I just really listened and I didn't give any advice and I didn't really characterize it. I just said, Pia, I know this is hard. I'm right here. It sounds like you're really having a hard time with her. I'm so sorry. And I just empathized and she would come back again and tell me and I would continue to empathize. And after I did that three or four or five or six times even, and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, just tell her you don't want to play with her. Just go up to that little girl and say, I don't want to play with you anymore. (laughs) Right. But that's 45 year old advice. And 45-year-old advice doesn't translate for an eight-year-old child. And she couldn't say it to the child. She couldn't tell her. She couldn't stand up for herself. She couldn't, you know, make a stand. And that's okay. It's painful for us because we're watching our child suffer and we're watching them be confused. And this mom, I'm sure, is watching her daughter not, you know, know exactly how to navigate this relationship but it's okay because this is part of learning about life and learning about people. So after five or six times when she was telling me this, I finally said, Pia, what do you want to do, love? And she said, I don't know. I just want to tell her to go away. And I go, I bet you do. What else do you want to tell her? I just want to tell her, leave me alone. I go, okay, if you could say anything you wanted to her, let's pretend she'll never hear it. If you could say anything you wanted to her, what would you tell her? And she would say, you're mean. I don't like you. And I go, yeah, I'd want to say that too. And I never said, okay, well, go tell her. Go do that. Go say this to her. She just needed a place to kind of feel it out. And then for a few weeks, she came home saying, oh, I want to tell her that I don't want to play with her. And I said, you know what? You'll do it when you're ready. I know you will. You'll do it when you're ready. You're not ready yet. You're going to do it when you're ready. Because had I said, just go and tell her those things. Just make sure you're standing up for yourself and and walk away and go play with someone else. If Pia would have gone to school and not been able to do that, then she would have stopped confiding in me because she wouldn't have been able to perform my task. Yeah. And it belittles her situation and her ability and it puts pressure on her and Yeah, I was the same way. I couldn't handle people like managing my time, but I couldn't stand up for myself either. It's very hard. It is. But I think the only thing we can do is be the safe place where they can download. And we're only safe if we don't give advice, which is really hard as a mom. I even have a client (laughs) right now who has a 13-year-old daughter and she's having all this social, you know, she's being mean and she's saying stuff about so-and-so and the Four girls are all kind of fighting. And the mom is like, well, I told her she should do this and she should do that and that, this and that and the other. And then two weeks later, I said, so what's your daughter? She won't tell me anything. I said, yeah, you got to lay off. You just have to be the sounding board and not give the advice. And I think when you do give all the advice, it cripples you for later in life. Yeah. I had another client who had a 16-year-old daughter and the daughter wouldn't do anything without asking the mom. What should I do? What class should I take? Should I tell the teacher? Should I do this? And and the mom kept saying to me, I, she won't make any decisions on her own. And it all came back to the fact that the mom was constantly giving advice and telling her what to do and not letting her figure it out. And the other thing we, we do when we tell them, you should do this and here's how you should act and here's how you should interact. We're telling them we don't think they're smart enough to figure out their own situation when they actually are in their eight-year-old way or in their four-and-a-half-year-old way. And this 
little girl's little, it's going to take her a while to be able to stand up for herself. And that's okay. It really is okay for her to be in that murkiness. It's just, can we sit in that murkiness? And can we be the soft sounding place? Mm-hmm. We're going to take a little break and introduce you to our brand new sponsor, Keepsake. You know those moms who have all the beautiful pictures and the amazing baby books? I always wished I would have one of those, but I never did. This great new app, Keepsake, organizes all your baby pictures. They even text you each night with something to remind you about your child. Keepsake with a Q is our new episode partner, and they'll help us with putting our beautiful baby book together. Keepsake is the easiest way to capture, preserve, and cherish memories of your kids, especially while they're still young. Keepsake will text you questions about your child and your answers will be saved to a journal. You can also save spontaneous messages, photos, and milestones. Keepsake will turn them into a beautiful baby book with everything nicely in order, with just the click of a button. With Keepsake, you can build your baby book as life happens, making sure all memories are captured and preserved as long as you have your phone at hand. Sign up for Keepsake for free at Keepsake.com dot co forward slash peace pronounce keepsake note it's co not com that's keepsake q e e p s a k e like keepsake but with a q so go to keepsake.co forward slash peace and sign up for free okay then she goes on to say another neighbor let's call him john is very competitive and says things like haha you run so slow i'm a winner you're a loser What, you still need stabilizers on your bike? Are you a baby? The concept of winner-loser was foreign to my daughter before this, but now I've noticed she started doing the same with her little brother. She says, I don't plan on homeschooling forever, but I can't protect her from everything. But when did kids get so mean? Aw. (laughs) Kids got so mean when they had mean parents. That's when they got so Mm -hmm. mean. I just hate to say it like those kids learned that from somebody. We can't protect them from everyone, unfortunately. But the best thing we can be is their safe place to download. And it sounds like this mom is the safe place. And I'd say just keep maintaining that, coming with empathy and saying, I'm sorry he told you that he was the winner. That must have really hurt your feelings. I'm sorry he said you were a baby. What did you feel like? What do you want to tell him? Tell me how mad you are. And let her just really get it out and let her have a really safe place with you. If you could say anything to John, what would you tell him? That he's a meanie? Yeah, he's a meanie. What else is he? What other kinds of things do you want to say about him? And just let her have her feelings and say all the things she wants to, even if they're not kosher. Because then she can normalize it and then she can have a place to feel resilient around it because she's had a good empathic listener. And I think that's the best thing we can do, unfortunately. She'll get there, though. Your baby will get there. She'll realize, you know what? John's not great. I'm not going to hang out with him anymore eventually. Mm-hmm. I think I do this a lot in the wrong way. Like I shield my kids a lot or I'm like, well, we're not hanging out with that family anymore because so-and-so does this and that and they're a bad influence. And I need to work on that, just letting them be exposed to all different kinds of people because in their whole life, there's going to be those kinds of people, right? Yeah, that's, I mean, just wait till they go to school. It's like all the people and then the teachers and then the other adults and then the other moms. It's just impossible to be with the sweet, kind people all the time. And even sweet, kind people have bad moments. Like this little boy, John, Mm -hmm. he might have just had a bad moment. It doesn't mean he's a bad kid. You know, he's learning too. And he's going to learn that he can't say those things because eventually someone's going to say to him, I don't want to play with you anymore. You're mean. And maybe it'll be her daughter or maybe it'll be somebody Mm -hmm. else, but he's going to get checked too. And sometimes it takes our kids to check other kids. 
So my best friend's kid was going through a period of where she was, she wouldn't take responsibility when she did anything wrong. My girls would never call her out, never call her out. Well, finally, Esme just said, you know what? You lied. You did X, Y, Z. You're wrong. And it was the best thing that happened to my friend's daughter because she could hear it from Esme because they were such close friends. And it was like, we need our kids to call out the other kids when they're having a hard time. We need our kids also to be checked when they've done something wrong. Our kids aren't perfect either. My kid isn't perfect, and they've had their friends call them out. Right. Esme's been a manipulative little, you know what, during, when she was in second grade, she was totally manipulative. And finally, the little girl said, I don't want to be your friend anymore. So it's all part of learning, like, where what is acceptable behavior and where is my line? And so we all need each other to have checks and balances, and it's just us being okay with our kids experiencing these things. That's hard for me because I always think instead of my kids rising above, they're going to start imitating the same behavior. And so I automatically want to be like, get away, get away, run. <laughs> like you can't see someone acting like this. But I think I, I guess it's just trusting myself and my modeling and what I'm teaching them and hoping that they overcome that. Well, she said in this post, she or in this question, she said her daughter was starting to mimic it. And I'd say if your kids start to mimic it, then you come with play around it. Oh, Silly girls who say they're the winner and their brother's the loser all the time and get 500 kisses and I'm going to go over there and get you, you know, and you just, you, you mitigate that way. And that's okay mm-hmm. if they learn these behaviors from someone else and you kindly tell them it's not okay. That's also reinforcing and we're modeling and it's all huge learning for these little kids. Mm-hmm. I say expose them. <laughs> Maybe this is wrong. I say expose them to as much as you can. Because it's going to make them better, more resilient, more understanding, more knowledgeable people than if they just go in in this naive, like, oh, I think everybody's going to be kind of nice to me. Yeah. I mean, I don't have much to say because this is a huge low point for me. Like, I am very protective with my kids and I try to shield them from this stuff. Well, they're little. And I think that's we do that when they're little. Anyway, I, we don't want them to, you know, get hurt. We don't want to subject yeah. them to people who are super unkind. But the little stuff, like, maybe it's okay for them to experience some of it. Do you remember a few months ago when my kids were at the park and they were playing with maybe like eight, nine, 10 year olds and they were being really rough and it wasn't violent, but it was like karate kicks in the air and like calling people names. And Dan and I got into a big fight at the park. So I was like, we have to get them away. We have to save them. Like they can't be part of this. And Dan was like, why? I don't, why can't they play with the kid? They're fine. Unless something happens, we shouldn't intervene. And then I texted you because I was like, oh, Michelle's going to have my back. And you were like, no, let them play. And I was like, man, (laughs) it's clearly me here because you do just worry. It's just scary to let them out into the world. The world is not always a nice place. No, it isn't. It isn't a nice place, but we aren't always nice either. You know, and I think that's just the human experience. And it's saying like that, those kids that were kicking in the air or saying bad words, they're probably not bad kids. They're just being kids, you know? Yeah, they were just older. Yeah, it's just all part of it. And it's okay. It really, too, I look at Pia and I'm like, well, Pia definitely grew up faster than Esme because Pia's got, you know, a sister who's three years older than her. So I look Mm -hmm. at her and I'm like, man, she's already starting all this stuff that Esme didn't start until a couple years later. Mm -hmm. But that's just life. Like we can't curate their life. We just cannot, even though we want to. We can just be the coach. We can just be the support. We can just be the guide. We cannot be the controller. If we become the controller too, then it's like you spend your whole life controlling the environment and figuring it all out and making it perfect. You'll drive yourself nuts. 
I have a client right now. She's so cute. I love her. But she stays up until midnight because she wants to go into the kids' bedrooms and change their jammies from the light jammies to the heavier jammies with from the light blinky to the heavier blinky because the thermostat doesn't come on at the right time. And so in their room, it could be lower than 65 for at least a few hours, but she goes to bed sweaty. And I was like, oh my God, you're so sweet. This is me though. I fully understand. I said, you have until 930 to do whatever you're doing. And then you need to go to bed. And if your husband catches you, he's going to tell on you. Like you are not allowed to curate their whole life. They can be cold. If they're that cold, they'll cry. It's okay. Like, I think that's where our generation is, though. We want their lives to be perfect. Why? I don't know what that is. We're all, like, overachievers or something. Well, because I think our lives were so crappy. (laughs) I mean, I think that for me. But then I'm like, my best friend says it all the time. She's like, it's just good enough. You know what? It's good enough. If I'm trying my best, it's good enough. And I think that is okay. It's good enough. We're doing best and it doesn't have to be perfect and I'd say that to this mom you just do your best to be your supportive sweet self and she will get there she will totally get there I don't think I mean if she wants to intervene I don't think there's any shame in that it's just going to be a different result possibly or I don't know I'm kind of talking to myself because (laughs) I am such an intervener like it's hard well I mean you don't want to shame the other child either right you know and then that's not our job either or you could come with play if the if I were to intervene at all I'd be like oh John you so silly everybody's the winner yeah you know or I don't know that I would say anything I would just be supportive god by the way you want your child to also see that kid for who they is and make their own decisions about if they want to be the friends with that kid is he doing it enough times to where if she doesn't want to be friends with him, then that's a decision too. Like let the nuance of what's going on play out the way it should. Life will teach you your lessons. It really will. Yeah. So in the moment, so if her daughter was to run up and say, John said, da 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 da, would you just say something like, and how do you feel about that? <laughs> or like, I feel you know, like it sounds like that hurt your feelings. Are you okay? I'm right here. You need a hug, you know, and yeah. then just listen to her. And then it's her choice if she goes back or not. Yeah. We don't judge that. And if she says, well, I'm going to go play with him now, you say, okay. And if she says, I don't want to play with him, you're, okay, that's fine too. Whatever she decides. Okay, this is my homework for the week. Do you have any announcements for the week? No, I'm just here. Okay, we'll both be here. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.